Welcome to the 10th and Super Summer Super Show of the Eric Square Circle Podcast. My name is Eric Ozio. Thank you, mean the uh, SummerSlam Super Show there, buddy. Super Slow Super Show. It's all super. It's all summer. I love it. It's nice to hear him so excited. And I am here with my podcast partner, <laughs> Eric Robinson. How we doing, bud? I'm all right. I'm all right. Just, uh, you know, work, normal day. It's a little hot. Just I'm a ready little to bit, talk about some wrestling. Yeah, hey, we might as well. It's the biggest party of the summer coming up this weekend. So, uh, yeah, no, I mean, without further ado, we might as well just dive right on in, man. We got a lot of, a lot of ground to cover here today. Obviously, this is going to be part one of our SummerSlam Super Show. Uh, we got the SummerSlam coverage today. And we'll be doing some uh, coverage on TakeOver pre- and post-show analysis over the weekend as well. So be on the lookout for that. Um, any other housekeeping matters to get to before we get started, E? No, sir. Well, I just said the SummerSlam is just four, five, three sleeps away. Uh, we got huge feuds, funny, funny clashes, and not so, not so awesome matches that we're here to talk to you guys about and speculate. And, of course... Please address any concerns or questions, any questions on anything to do with our show or the wrestling community. Please reach out to us at Podcast at gmail.com. And I would yeah, love do. it. And I would love it. Uh, you know, if I don't, I'm not remiss, just briefly touching on the shows that we watched, uh, you know, excluding maybe NXT just a little bit, save that for, you know, going forward. But, you know, just the go home shows and for Raw and SmackDown, how we felt and like, uh, leading up, and I personally have to say that you know Monday Night Raw was actually pretty decent to watch. I watched the whole thing, and I uh, you know didn't wasn't sitting there looking at the clock, uh, wondering when it's going to end. Uh, so I mean, very solid, and I you know it makes me have high hopes and you know high anticipation for you know a big show here this Sunday. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Um, I think that the decision to bring Bischoff and Heyman back in the executive director roles was a stroke of genius by Vinnie Mac. Um, their their presence, especially Heyman's, uh, <coughs> excuse me, has been uh, pretty prevalent since they've since they've taken over the reins. Especially, um, you know, especially on the red brand, I think is the the big thing that people notice. Um, you know, I. I I kind of want to start with this just because I personally thought it was the highlight of the entire evening. And that continues to be the 24 seven championship. Something that should not be over like Rover the way it is, is suddenly the most popular thing going on on TV and has provided a second act of sorts for, for our truth as he is on the back nine of his career. And if he could believe it or not, that man is 48, 49 years old, something like that. Um, so yeah, no, it's, it's insane to see kind of what he's doing and, and kind of having this creative renaissance and his partnership with Carmella never ceases to amaze me. And we're starting to see kind of that next duo, you know, at least a couple of duos anyway, to rival him, um, as far as, uh, Drake and Renee Maverick and then Mike and Maria Kanellis. Um, you know, those, those last two names are a little bit out of, of left field, but, you know, Paul Heyman has always said that Maria is one of the most creative minds in wrestling business he's ever, he's ever worked with. So, you know, she's definitely the, the, you know, definitely one of the handful of superstars that's seen a benefit from, from Heyman taking over. Um, and and to, to really see her as a pregnant 24-7 champion was, was, 
was quite a sight and and I wasn't necessarily sure how they were going to get that bell off of her and you know of course it happened while she was in stirrups as she called it last week with a sneak hug Mike Canellis uh puts it on puts it on her you know three count she's done she can't stop it she's in the stirrups and then I don't know isn't like 25 seconds later that our truth not a day over 30 he looks and what does he become the 11 time 24 7 champion what is it 11 times and then he's going to be the like soon here on only 16 time 24 7 champion our truth that's gonna be Man. funny and the, the thing is uh, the, it's not even necessarily that that record that he's necessarily chasing for before it's all said and done it's going to be crash holly's you know record with a hardcore title of 22 oh, yeah. reigns that is going to be blown out of the water and our truth is definitely going to be the guy yeah. to do it love our truth loving that uh love that segment that was that was pretty funny i was cracking up i love it when they're able to make me laugh and make me really think and i do love thinking about you know the mystery there for a little bit who's attacking roman reigns and you know what's going on there and it's you know, we all obviously know in the end of thing, but I like to pretend I don't know a lot of things. And, you know, you're doing something with Roman that I actually, like, really enjoy when a lot of times people, you know, have not been buying on the, the stuff that he's been bringing purely creatively. But, I mean, having a secret attacker there, you know, unbeknownst to some people, I guess, uh, you know, is fairly entertaining. And I'm pretty excited to see, you know, this matchup coming up here with him and, you know, whatever, you know, few potential it has coming after it yeah i i really like this too just because you know it's it if you ask me it's eric bischoff trying to make up for the white hummer incident in wcw way back mm. in the day if you ask me but uh no it, it's it's really compelling because it's something different for roman it, it gives him a top spot on the card and keeps him away from the championship which is what i think that a lot of people want right now um simply because you don't want to waste this momentum that he's had really since he, you know, returned uh, in remission from leukemia, you know, to, to, you know, make him kind of this anti-hero, you know, just not necessarily the most cookie cutter guy that they had him pegged for, you know, before he went away. So, you know, there, it, there's, there's any myriad of, of reasons for why it, whoever did it, did it. I mean, technically, you know, Rowan right now, but maybe that's a red heron. So, you know, it, it, it's definitely intriguing just to see what's going on and, and, you know, where they want to go with this because at this point in time, you know, we'll, we'll certainly touch on this a little bit more later, but Roman Reigns doesn't have a match at SummerSlam right now. And uh, it seems pretty, uh, pretty mind boggling that your most, um, you know, your most popular superstar, or the guy that you want to be the face of your company doesn't have a show on, you know, arguably the the second or third biggest show of yeah. the year. Yeah, it's and the fact that he was just, you know, pushed so hard and he still is, and he doesn't have a match. It's definitely something's going to happen backstage. It's all going to come to a head. Like where Rowan and Daniel Bryan are both going to attack him, not being secretive about it, and either he's going to, you know, ball out and beat the crap out of both of them, or he's going to get some help and. You got a tag team match up there, or you have, you know, just a feud between Bryan and Roman, which. I'm, 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 I'm totally for it. I like that feud and I've never seen yeah, it. Well, let, let me ask you this just because, I mean, yeah, the last time that they fought was uh fast lane in 2015. I want to say that it was. Um, and even then it wasn't necessarily a, a blow off to a, a story that's yeah. been told, 
But when you kind of looked at the the end of that go home SmackDown, um, you know, Dana Bryan looked to be a little surprised to find out there was Rowan that had some involvement with the, um, you know, with with the car incident on Monday night. Um, you know, what what do you think that, of how that plays out? Do you think that they're gonna, you know, think that's just them throwing us off and that he did have involvement, or you know, something entirely different? Just because he has been teasing that career altering announcement um, for weeks now. And it, it's not come. So I don't know if that's something that they're dropping altogether or, you know, trying to weave into this. But what say you? I definitely think he knows Rowan's doing it. Uh, I definitely think they're going to have a feud. Um, I really just don't see – well, I mean, what else are you doing with DB right now other than, you know, just in the tag team division? And, you know, he's great in that. He's done it several times. But, you know, I personally like to see him in a singles feud. And Roman – I don't know. He, he needs a, a good feud and, you know, someone that's really got the wrestling IQ down and it's high and it, the technique is there. You know, when he was having those AJ Styles feuds back in, you know, a few years back, I was, you know, really enjoying those. I, you know, that was my height of hatred of home Roman. Um, and yeah, I think this is going to really benefit him in the long run in terms of getting back and, you know, He's always going to be a face. It just seems no matter what, he's going to be a face, no matter what he does. So, I mean, you might as well just face him up with a good heel. Yeah, and and I think it's it's one of those things that, you know, I I feel like as we've, you know, talked about Roman and this, you know, shift in his character, while, yes, he is a a baby face, but giving him a bit more of an edge than he used to, um, you know, along those lines, Samoa Joe and his reaction to what happened, you know, seeing Roman Reigns' car, you know, get T-boned the way that it did, you know, there was definitely some sympathy there, which I didn't necessarily expect. And I think that, um, you know, I, I would be at least, you know, personally intrigued in a very short-term alliance with, um, you know, between Joe and Roman Reigns, yeah. Samoa Joe and a Samoan named yeah, Joe. Yeah. Um, you know, the jokes write themselves. But I, I think that, you know, teaming them up, even if it's only sporadically, Joe is kind of the perfect guy to give Roman that that edge and, and for him to rub off, you know, for them to rub off on each other, really, as far as their, their character development going forward. So, you know, it, it seems like, Eric Ozio is an idiot, everybody. Technical difficulties there. I apologize. That it's all continue. good. It's all good. Where were we? Uh, Joe and Reigns Alliance. Yeah, obviously, they'll they'll rub off on each other. Um, you know, possibly a tag team match at SummerSlam. You know, leave something to the imagination, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean do they really get relegated to the kickoff show? Do they get relegated to, you know? Oh, absolutely Park? not. No, it's, it's Roman so, like, Reigns. Roman's not wrestling on the kickoff yeah, show. Yeah, they're not going to do that. So I'm just wondering when they, they got to sneak it in there. So they're going to have to build it. It'll be later in the show, and they'll, like, find out hopefully earlier on, like, that it's Rowan and DB and uh, do it right. And that'll be, be nice. Because Samoa Joe don't have a match either right now, right? No, no. I mean, some notable names that don't have shows or have matches right now, um, at SummerSlam include uh, Roman Reigns, Samoa Joe, um, Naomi, Braun Strowman, Bobby Lashley, who's still dealing with the injury, um, Naomi, Asuka, Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville. I mean, there's a lot of names that don't, um, you know, and it, I, I understand that there's quite a bit of, of talent that you've got on the roster right now, but 
you know, it would be nice for them to try to find some sort of, you know, place for all of these, whether it be a, a battle royal or something like that to kind of break up the action throughout the night and, you know, winner earns a championship opportunity, you know, whether it be a mid-card title or, you know, women's title, women's tag title, something along those lines, you know, just to to get everybody on the card and get everybody that payday. Yeah. I mean, huge show. I mean, we got to get these people. I mean, they, there is no – SummerSlam is not really held one for – many gimmick matches, you know, Rumble or Route Royale or, you know, just a bunch of dump-in people. But a lot of these guys are big-name people you wouldn't typically see in, like, the Battle Royal or, you know, just the beginning parts of a, you know, a pay-per-view. Um, but, yeah, I'm still, like, super excited. I, you know, got my you know, my place nice and clean up, ready to watch this show. Uh, Going to be watching, you know, all the hype that goes around it. Plenty of time to do so. Uh, without, I mean, other than that, you know, just kind of touching on the main show, like we're going to go into the main card of the SummerSlam 2019 in Toronto. Uh, you know, we're going to go over each individual match, some more than others, uh, purely because, you know, we have certain stakes and things that we like to pay attention to more. So I have my favorite, my most excited match. And I think you're very aware of which one it is. Uh, but you know, with the likes of, you know, obviously Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar going in for the, you know, universal championship with, Kofi and Randy going one-on-one, you know, after a long storied feud, if you will. And, you know, with KO potentially losing his job, Goldberg going to smash Dolph, the 24-7 title, and whatever, you know, what happens at that maybe, you know that's going to be backstage going on all the time. And then Charlotte and Trish. Everything else, I mean, there's tons of other matches we're going to get into. If there's anything else for you, Mr. Robinson, is there any particular match you'd like to talk to first? Let's just get in. Let's just get into it, man. I mean, obviously, these are in no particular order, but I think that, you know, all of these matches deserve, uh, you know, some some discussion simply because the fact that we do have two new executive directors on both shows, um, we're starting to see their their influence in, in the product and in the storyline mm-hmm. development um, because there has been a clear change. You know, think about the buildup to Extreme Rules and even Money in the Bank before that. And then think about the build to SummerSlam and, and it's, you know, two sides of a coin, basically. Um, you know, now that Heyman and, and, you know, Heyman's been there forever, but now that Bischoff is, is finally completely relocated to Stanford and, you know, has had some time observing, you know, the, you know backstage and, and kind of getting used to what it is that they do um, on a weekly basis. I think it's safe to say that he's he's fully ingratiated himself into the product again. So, um yeah, let's let's start with the obvious. Uh, Seth Rollins is going to be taking on Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship. Um, this has been, you know, it, as as nice as it's been to see Brock Lesnar doing something somewhat different with his character. Um, this this is a match that I, I can't say that I am the most mm-hmm. excited about. Um, I will be excited when it's over because I think that Seth and Brock need to go their separate ways uh, for the time being. Um, I, I admire Seth for wanting to, to try to slay the beast again. Um, but we saw on the go home on Monday that, you know, he's, he's looking pretty worse for wear. I mean, yeah, what do you I'll think? just say like, you know, for our viewers, you know, I look at each match and I really just try to build up on the feud for anything I may have missed. Uh, you know, I get a projected winner for each match, even though they already know what it's going to be potentially. Sometimes they don't. Uh, I think, you know, as much as I want Seth to win and I, I do love Seth, but being as, beaten and battered as he has in just the last few weeks, especially the last, the other night, uh, the King slash B slayer. Uh, he's 
needs to be all of that and more come SummerSlam. And I just don't think Vinny is going to help him in any way. Brock Lesnar is going to win this match and may not go longer than 10 minutes, surely because of all the other matches on the card. And Brock Lesnar, it's Brock Lesnar. I mean, if he doesn't want to go more than 10 minutes, he doesn't go more than 10 minutes. (laughs) And it's disappointing. I think Seth will get in some good licks. I just think overall it's going to be very reminiscent of the Randy Orton Brock Lesnar match at SummerSlam just a few years ago. Where he gets his head blown open. Yeah, I'm, I'm inclined to agree. I mean, I, I think that it was a nice surprise at WrestleMania to see Lesnar, you know, come out with the title. But he's clearly, you know, walking in pretty hurt. Uh, you know, with dealing with the ribs and the internal issues. Yeah. Um, you know, before this match, I just don't see, you know, barring some sort of miracle, I don't see how he, how he wins this match, you know, either. Unfortunately, so. Uh, Assuming that this is kind of the the blow off match between between Seth and Brock, I mean, where do we go from here with these guys? Brock, I have no idea. I mean, I seriously, it's just like what else? I mean, who's gonna yeah, Braun gonna feud with him again? He's the same thing. Seth, I mean, I would love to see going after another title, uh, going against Finn for maybe just a feud, uh, going against Shinsuke, uh, bouncing back and forth between Raw and SmackDown like a lot of these people are. Um, first of all, needs to get healthy and then at Survivor Series be the leader of the Raw team, frankly. Yeah, I mean, it just – it almost seems like a purgatory of sorts is coming for, for Seth once his feud ends because, you know, at this point, he'll just be another notch on, on you know, Lesnar's belt as far as people he's slayed to keep his title. Um you know, and and that said, you know, a beautiful this, notch. Really I may a say, cut, a beautiful notch. You know, yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. his hair. Uh, yeah. we 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 just don't have a clear cut, you know, plan for either of these guys going forward. And I guess my concern with Seth is that he is eventually going to be become somebody that get shoved down the fans' throats and, and, you know, rejected in a sense, you know, kind of like Roman was for the last couple of years or so. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Seth is too too good of a talent to be subject to, to that. Maybe treatment. we should start sending these guys back to NXT. I mean, at this point, NXT is not a developmental brand. They are another brand. And they are the third brand or the gold brand. And it's like, I mean, all these other people, what's so big a deal? I mean – why not go back and win the NXT title again? Why not go back and, you know, set up in SmackDown? I mean, you can always do the Moxley. I mean, you can always pull a Moxley, but I mean, it doesn't seem like a lot of people that are still sticking with the corporation are that disgruntled anymore at this point. You know, it's really you just take something like yeah, a jogging, I mean, a jerk in your, in your career standpoint. Uh, it's hard to say. I feel like it's one thing if, if a mid Carter, goes back to, to NXT. I mean, obviously we're seeing it with uh, Brizongo and, and that's definitely for the best. But do we do we really think that Vince is going to let a name like Seth Rollins go back to NXT? No. Well, I mean, maybe not. But, I mean, at the same time, well, I mean, I'm just coming up with ideas here. What I mean, what, you, you hit me. You tell me. What else do you think he could possibly do other than going for another championship, teaming up with Roman for a tag team division run? Winning back to back world. I don't Rumbles. even really want to see that. I don't even really want to see the the Rollins and Reigns alliance. I think at this point the shield is done. There's no no use in trying oh, yeah, to 
you know, squeeze blood out of a turnip and do, you know, some sort of quasi shield reunion, because that's only drawing attention again to the one person that is not there to be part of it. And I don't think that that's what they're going for right now. Um, you know, I, I just think that with Rollins, it's, it's tough to say, uh, you know, obviously that's why I'm not in the writer's room. You know, I, I don't know what I don't know, but what I do know is that I think that, you know, something's got to be done to, you know, maybe move the SmackDown. Obviously a lot of the stuff is up in the air because we don't know if it's going to be a brand split or, you know, everybody's going to be going to, you know, both shows when they move to Fox, but you know, we'll, we'll see, man. We'll see. Um, what I will say is that I do have a lot more confidence in Paul Heyman being able to come up with the next chapter for both of these guys, whether that be separate or together. Um, at this point, I think what Clash of Champions is the next pay-per-view after this. Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. So, you know, who knows? I just do. What I do know is that I think that this would be the perfect time uh, to to end this eight month saga uh, between between Rollins and Lesnar and and let everybody go their separate ways. Yeah, I definitely agree that this is the end for them, and I believe Brock Lesnar is going to defeat Seth Rollins. Is my my projection. Uh, put it, stamp it, blank it right now. The Beast is going to continue winning the Universal Candy Belt, and we'll see what his next opponent is. I'm very interested because I have no idea at this point. Moving on, I think we should just go straight in. Since we started out with the Universal Championship going to the WWE Championship, we have Kofi, Kofi Kingston versus the Viper Randy Orton for the WWE Championship. Going back to their feud they had, you know, some 2009, 2010, during the Dark Ages, and where Randy Orton just steamrolls Kofi and just keeps him from doing anything he wants him to do. Classic Viper move, just comes out of nowhere. You know, for me, it would just – I would have selected Randy Orton, you know, but the resurgence of Koji, Koji, oh my goodness gracious, I can't read, Kofi, and his love for these fans and the fans' love for him, I just, I do see him winning this match. I do think it will be a lot better uh, than matches that Randy's had, you know, in the past, in this past year, I say at least. Yeah, and, and the thing is, I I agree, I definitely agree with you, just because this you know, I, I still remember that table spot from 09 where we see Kofi hit the boom drop on Randy mm-hmm. Orton. Um, I, I think that it's nice that they've kind of tied it back into that, you know, that rivalry because in while I don't necessarily remember the specifics of it, I, you know, don't necessarily think it was kind of a, you know, one person holding another guy down kind of rivalry, but it's easy to, t- it's easy to have it interpreted that way because when you look at the careers of Kofi and Randy Orton, just specifically from 2009 until now, so over the last 10 years, one WWE championship reign for for Kofi. I mean, at least five for Randy Orton, if not more, you know, in in that time span. Yeah, probably more. Um, You know, Kofi was relegated to mid-card titles, tag team titles, and and Orton's off collecting championships and, and having main event caliber matches, headlining WrestleManias. I mean, there was clear dichotomy between these two. And, you know, now that we now that we're starting to see Kofi, you know, at, at this point, he's eclipsed 100 days as WWE champion. Quite frankly, I didn't think that he'd get that far. You know, um, what I what I thought would happen, you know, or at least, you know, what my gut kind of felt would happen is that eventually with Brock winning the Money in the Bank championship. OK, Seth is kind of, you know, their their guy. He is the he is the Randy Savage to Roman Reigns Hulk Hogan, if you ask me. 
So I thought that it would be impossible for them to to take that universal title off of him whenever Brock cashed in. And it makes Kofi the logical choice because they have an out by saying, you know, yeah, we went with it. We had the WrestleMania moment out of it, but it's time to get back to business. Hasn't been the case. I mean, Kofi has been booked like a stud basically since, you know, even going into WrestleMania through WrestleMania now. I mean, you know, his only losses – you know, primarily have become, have come in multi-man matches. Um, you know, his feud with Samoa Joe was great. His feud with Kevin Owens was awesome. He's gone into it with Dolph Ziggler. But, you know, there's there's something very different about a feud with Randy Orton because if you're feuding with Orton over the WWE Championship, I mean, that's that's cementing you as a champion. And and to, to go through with a, a feud like this, it's taken very little to actually, you know, build it for now. I've I've been thoroughly impressed with with what it is that they've that they've done because they've they've obviously got a lot of faith in Kofi and believe in what he's done and what he can achieve you know for the company. Um, so I'm I'm really pumped to see him you know get a reign from you know winning at one big four show to defending it at another, um, especially because he's still part of the new day and they really haven't uh, you know they haven't sacrificed the integrity of of that group and them wanting to to be a unit. Yeah, and they're both uh, they got the tag team titles and the WWE Championship right now. I think winning over Randy Orton would be a very solidifying act. Being able to win back to back big fours, I think, would just put Kofi it's Kofi 19 and I really think it should continue uh, I do enjoy Randy Orton I've always been a Randy Orton fan but it just seems Kofi Kingston being one of the one of the very few you know African-American true WWE champions in the past 30 40 years and it's just it would just be tarnished I think I think it's more beneficial for both the WWE and for Kofi and for Randy Orton to continue the feud between the two of them Randy Orton will get another opportunity to face Kofi for the class of champions I guarantee it because Randy has just got that they love him. They will do anything for Randy Orton. And I, I think it's beneficial for everybody that Kofi wins the match at SummerSlam and a good one uh, with Randy Orton potentially taking it back this fall, you know, or, you know, coming in early in the fall, you never know. We'll see. I just, that's my anticipation uh, because I think you can really be, build an excellent month, few weeks, especially SmackDown leading into, if you go as far as going into the Fox uh, premiere here, the coming this early this fall to be able to do that. That's, a good way to you know start your new deal off and to start you know you know finishing up 2019 with Kofi Kingston for sure. So I think we can both agree that we think that uh, Kofi is going to walk away with this one. I do, I do. I'm going to go ahead and say stamp it, record it, note it. Kofi Kingston will win. Hashtag book it. That, that's what I'm trying to say. Hashtag book it. You know, again, not going any particular order. And again, Winder, you are listening to Eric's Squared Circle Podcast. We pretty much just advertise ourselves because we have nobody else to support us other than ourselves. And you, the fans. You, the fans, whichever ones are out there. We'd love to hear from you. Please give me any criticisms or questions. And if it has to be negative, so be it. We'll make a joke out of it. I don't care. I can take it. I've been taking a lot. I've been taking a lot lately. I can handle it. Give it to me straight. I want to hear from you if you're a wrestling fan, even if you're not a wrestling fan. If I make you become a wrestling fan or if I have some influence at it, I did something right with my life and I feel right about it because you're only going to thank me in the long run and the other guy, I think his name's Eric. Anyways, moving on. The next match I have here on my list since we started with the WWE. You're at least going to plug the email address if you're going to oh, do yeah, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, right, right. Eric Squared Circle at, at gmail.com gmail. for those that are listening here. Sorry, I got excited. Again, I he's miss. just a little excited. I'm a little excited. But going on here, we started, you know, with both, you know, main titles, 
since we got that out of the way, and I, you know, I think both are going to be good, but they're not going to steal the show by any means. The next match, again, not a show stealer, but I am intrigued by it. Found out on Tuesday, you know, uh, the end of Raw on Monday night that Goldberg is going to be facing Dolph Ziggler oh. in a just a random match. Uh, Dolph Ziggler has been talking mad smack about several Hall of Famers lately, um, just in classic Dolph fashion, uh, being a show off, being a loud mouth jerk off, if you will. Uh, sorry for our young listeners. But, you know, how long does Dolph last in this one, in your honest opinion? And will this loss derail his career? And with all of this poop talking on the, the legends lately, it seems it's well-deserved, especially with his high opinion of himself. Goldberg really needs to redeem himself after a terrible match with The Undertaken back in June. But I am still very excited to see how he and his entrance to see how he takes this match into SummerSlam and really how long is it going to last. Mark it down 15 minutes. If that Goldberg wins. Yeah, I mean, and I had a very interesting conversation with a friend of mine uh, the other day about this and, and kind of where this is going. You know, the there's really only two conceivable routes uh, based on this conversation of how the story ends. Obviously the Goldberg squash to help him redeem himself from that match in that country that we're not going to name. There's no getting around how bad Mm -hmm. that that match was. There's no getting around how dangerous it was to both Goldberg and the undertaker. Um, you know, if, if Taker can get the chance to redeem himself in a tag team match at Extreme Rules, I, I see no reason that, that Goldberg, you know, shouldn't have that same opportunity either. Um, so, yeah, obviously, door number one is your typical Bill Goldberg squash on a pay-per-view, collect your seven figures and bounce. Um, however, it's not entirely out of the realm of possibility mm-hmm. that Dolph Ziggler wins this match and somehow parlays this into a marquee matchup mm-hmm. against Mr. WrestleMania. Because there has mm-hmm. been a lot of Shawn Michaels involvement lately, and there, there's not really a whole lot of rhyme or reason for it, other than the fact that Dolph is, con- is often compared to HBK. Like, that's really the only reason these names are mentioned in, in the same circle, as far as their wrestling ability, as far as the charisma that they have, and, and you know, kind of their 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 look more often than not. Um, so it, it just, it, it's not entirely out of the realm of possibility that, you know, Ziggler gets a clean, a clean win over Goldberg. You know, I, I think that at this point, Dolph has been, has had so many start and stop pushes that it's hard to buy him in this position, but I think that that's what makes him the most dangerous. You know, I still think that, you know, one of the biggest blunders in, in recent wrestling memory is not capitalizing on him being sole survivor in 2014. Like you don't have a match that excellent with all of the star talent, with the, the introduction of sting and, and all of those factors that came into play there and not turn him, you know, yeah, turn him so into random. something. It was so crazy. You know? That match just, he was the only one, there was three of them, three of them. And I'm just like, this is done. But somehow it comes out, the stings there, they do nothing with yeah. it. But I, I mean, match, I'm still excited because I like to see Goldberg and I think he's pumped up and I hope that he's motivated and it's going to be a good match. But, you know, not too much to really say much 
I keep saying much. Blah, 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 blah. I really don't really have too much <laughs> to say on that one other than what you've already touched on. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, if, if I got to give a prediction on this, I mean, I, I feel like I have to go with Goldberg. You know, that that's my pick yeah. for, right. for this week. I'm down with it. Now, moving kind of still in the same era, but in a different division, the Women's Raw Women Championship, uh, staying in that, you know, championship pedigree, a submission match for the Raw Women's Championship. Uh, we have two former friends, probably still friends, Becky Lynch and Natalia. Natalia in her hometown, I believe, uh, going to be facing off home country. Uh, you know, it's all the same. They're in the same town, whatever. No, there is another. There is somebody else okay. whose hometown oh, yeah, it is yeah. that will be fighting. We'll yeah, get much more zest in, in this women's title bout, uh, in my opinion, than the other one. Uh, but Natalia is still one of my least favorite characters, and I credit her because you know if you're able to make me not like you, you know I think you're doing a pretty good job, and I I do not. And I would much like, and it's not because of her wrestling abilities, uh, but I would much like to see her, you know, let her down in the home country that she's in because I I'm all about the man. And Becky has not been shy about what she thinks of Natalia and having the opportunity here in her home country and what she's going to do. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, I'll start by saying, I really like that they're, they're trying to give Natalia this mean streak going into SummerSlam. Uh, I think that, you know, if you're going to do a match like this, she can't just come off as that, you know, kind of, white meat baby I guess she's a baby face whatever I mean she doesn't really get much of a pop anymore when she when her music hits or anything like that but I I like that over the last couple of weeks with you know the tag team match as far as you know not breaking the rope break or you know the um the the sharpshooter on Ember Moon before the match could even start you know I I like this edge I just feel like it to a degree it's still a little too late you know she's kind of just she's there, you know, and, and this is no disrespect to Natalia or anything like that. I mean, she's, she's arguably one of the best workers that they have on the roster. And, you know, if you ask me, you know, a hall of famer down, down the mm. line, I've got no, no question about that. I just think it's tough to get in, engaged in any story yeah. that she has. And, you know, obviously I feel like her title reigns kind of just come, come out of nowhere, but you know, however, we're, we're in Becky Lynch season, you know, they just announced her as a cover athlete for WWE 2K20. Absolutely. She is. The only question really is what submission moves she's going to use. And I think it's going to be the arm bar across crossing arm bar. Uh, yeah. I mean, I really, I mean, just, I want more, I kind of want more for Becky, but I, mean, I feel like, uh, you know, it's been a some summer for the man and, you know, it's not going to stop here to, uh, this this Sunday night. It's not going to happen. And and while, yeah, so, I mean, I, I think it's safe to say we both agree that – I that think Becky we're Lynch both four for four right one. now where we're, where we're standing. We, we all agree um, on who's going to win so far. And I – Well, let me let me ask you this, though, because if we're going to – if we're talking Becky Lynch, we're talking Natalia, we're talking a submission match – do you think that we see the return of Ronda Rousey this weekend mm. to Avenger loss at mm. WrestleMania? Mm. Mm. No. I do not think she will appear at SummerSlam. Uh, I think she may appear following night uh, Monday uh, and sneak up on Becky uh, that way. I don't think she shows up Sunday. But 
you know, I've been wrong before. And I wouldn't mind being wrong again. That's my, that's my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, obviously we were going to get a return match um, between Ronda and, and Becky. That, that's a given. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, Ronda's been dealing with the broken hand, wanting some time off. So I, I think that it's certainly, you know, possible. It would be nice, you know, nice little surprise. But, um, you know, the focus at hand is that, you know, Becky Lynch is going to going to continue her role and in, in the uh, the year of the man continues. The year of the man. The man, Becky Lynch. Now, I kind of want to stay in the, the women's division. I did mention a little bit earlier, uh, there is a SmackDown Women's Championship. We have the uh, incumbent, Bailey, going off against the challenger, Ember Moon. Uh, really the war not, goddess. Yeah, yeah, I do like Ember Moon. Never been a huge Bailey fan. Uh, I, I'm a kind of – I don't dislike her. I don't like her. It's kind of just like, hey, she's there. Um, I do see her winning. Um, but I really can't speak too this much on this one. This is don't sp- walk out on the company. I know, I know. But I just – I hope it's a good match. I'll, I'll watch as much of it as I can. I think that it will be. You know, obviously, you know, it's it, – it, I think for me personally, I'm going to start by saying that it's great that somebody like Ember Moon is getting a championship opportunity at SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's very easy and, you know, I feel like the booking had been pretty lazy for most of the year as far as kind of using the same performers for every show. So, you know, now to see Ember, you know, getting these opportunities and getting to, to you know, get into the title hunt, I, I've always enjoyed that character. Um, I think that less is more with her when she's on the mic or doing, you know, bad segments. But I, I think that these guys will, or these women, excuse me, will complement each other very nicely in the ring. Um, and, and, you know, while there hasn't been, you know, a whole lot of storytelling other than Bailey offering an opportunity for her. That's cool. Um, yeah, no, I, I think that this is just going to be a solid outing between the two, but uh, I think that I think I'm going to get bold here, man. You know, Bailey's had a pretty nice run, but I, I'm down to see something new. And Ember Moon was is somebody that was trained by Booker T. I think that that's something that, that might be uh, in the back of Easy E's mind, excuse me, and I'm going to go with them. I'm going to go with my first new part of our podcast. It's a new rule. I'm implementing it now. We each get one mulligan, repick, do-over, potential sweeping declaration, and I'm also going to switch to Amber Moon. I think she does win this. I think that's going to make this interesting um, because, I mean – One mulligan per pre-show, Per show. Per Per pay-per-view. Let's just say that. Okay. Per view. Per That's view. <laughs> One per paper view. Paper view. Okay, I'm going to go to Ember Moon. It's a moon. It's going to be a moon. Is it going to be a full moon? It was a half moon yesterday. We'll see. Moving on. Moving on. And and I'm just going purely off of my outline here that I have in front of me and on my on mark. And I'm not putting it in particular order if I was going to put it from my favorite to least favorite. This next match would be 100% my most anticipated favorite match, and it is the United States Championship. AJ Styles versus Ricochet. I don't even know where to begin. I mean, this is going to be 
this is going to be fantastic. This is like the main reason I still watch WWE and I still uh, tune in for these big pay-per-views and pay-per-views in general, seeing AJ Styles and then seeing him against a talent like Ricochet. For sure. Uh, I, I, I'm going to start just because, you know, it, it's been a while since we've, we, we actually really haven't gotten to discuss this in great detail yet. But I think the AJ Styles heel turn is one of the best things that's happened all year. Uh, and it could not have come soon enough for AJ. Obviously, he is a, a, a ring general, top three on the planet, you know, regardless of promotion. But, you know, just kind of coming out and saying that you're the face that runs the place or this is the house that AJ Styles built. It's only going to get you so far. Um, I, I think that it was, you know, whoever's idea it was to, to let him kind of let loose a little bit to, one, not only to turn heel, but to realign him with Gallows and Anderson and kind of become the new the new top heels on Monday nights. It's a stroke of genius. You know, it, it works in a couple of different ways just because, you know, one – we get this brand new, this brand new group of characters that have that all have history with each other, and not to mention, Styles was able to convince Gals and Anderson to stay with the company. You know, resign for your typical five year, you know, five hundred plus a year contract mm-hmm. that they've been handing out like you know Pez anymore. Um, so it's 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 cool to to see these guys back together and, and kind of bring in some of that that Bullet Club player. I hate the name, the OC. But, I wasn't hating it. You know, as far as what they're trying. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it on Monday when they came out. I, it was it's just, all right. Just call, just call them the club, man. You don't have to call them the original club or the OC. And that's, that's really just a swipe. Yeah, to, obviously, just, yeah, a, just to, a, to BC, whatever. But it's it's I can't hate it because I do really like Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. And I've really because they're funny and they crack me up. And when like and they're pretty sound technically you know in the squared circle and obviously AJ Styles is my favorite wrestler like like right now like other than like what's going on in AEW and all those dudes AJ Styles is the man I love that dude yeah and and you know obviously Ricochet is no slouch either I love that he is starting to get this push um you know he's he's just a very entertaining guy. He's somebody that I think is very relatable um, to most of the, most of the audience. Um, and, and I know that they're trying to make this appeal towards younger demographics and obviously going with Ricochet is kind of the way to do that. And, and, you know, quite frankly, this is just going to be, I mean, this is a great potentially, you know, four or five star match if they're given the time to tell a, a proper story. And, and I think that this just shows that if Ricochet can hang with AJ Styles for the United States Championship, sky's the limit for him. You know, I'd love to see these guys, you know, fighting over a WWE Championship or Universal Championship down the line. Um, but this is this is kind of Ricochet's coming out party. It, it took him a while to to kind of get started, but, you know, with that teaming with with Aleister Black and and you know figuring out kind of where he fits into the roster and and the puzzle as a whole. But no, I'm I'm very excited for this match. Uh, I just think that at this point in time right now, uh, Styles is going to retain. You know, Chase continues. Mm -hmm. The obvious show stealer of the night, uh, I don't even need to wait and watch the show. As soon as I watch that fight, I know I'll be happy. It's going to be high flying, you know, sequences, you know, so many of it, you know, so many sequences. It's going to be so well timed. I can't wait to see it. 
you know, is there any other match you're more excited to see this Sunday at SummerSlam? And if so, uh, it's only going to be the then this one. It would only be the night before is the only match uh, before that I am more maybe as excited or more excited than uh, AJ Styles and Ricochet, and that's Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano on Saturday night. But I actually and the thing ahead. is that, like we I, I think that we got to keep these shows separate right now because it's obviously always easy to say that NXT is going to put on the better show. But as far as like any if, as far volume. as the SummerSlam card itself. What's in that? terms of like just pure opportunity and volume going on at SummerSlam, it's you know such a different beast. Yeah, and and the thing is, and I think what they try to make clear is that you know both of these shows appeal to different to different wrestling audiences. So I mean, just for the purposes of this conversation, you know, is, is there any other match that I'm more excited for than Styles and Ricochet as far as on this card? Uh, probably yeah, not. And that's basically what I was getting. At. Actually, no, I take that oh, back. Oh, Actually, I take oh. that back. I take that back. And and I'm glad that we're doing this because I think that this is the perfect transition. Finn Balor is going to be taking on the Fiend, Bray Wyatt. And I have got so much to say about Bray Wyatt right now that, that I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and, and get into this and, and get on my soapbox. Bray Wyatt has been one of the most entertaining things on WWE TV for the last few months now, not involving the 24-7 championship. Um, Firefly Funhouse is is a stroke of genius, and you know, really giving Bray that opportunity to have some involvement in the development of those vignettes and and kind of the the evolution of his character, I, it, it's it's been masterful. You know, there there's really no other way to put it. And and you know, he's been on TV like he's he's been in the ring on TV maybe three times in the last six months and he still is able to generate this buzz and Finn Balor is the is the perfect target for him because you know regardless of what happens here Sunday we might get Demon versus Fiend down the line you know and and I think that that's something that a lot of people would want would want to see um I think that for me as excited for as I am for this match, I'm definitely very nervous because Bray Wyatt's pay-per-view record is not great. And I would hate to see them squander all of this momentum that he's built by handing him an L on his on his you know in his first return okay. match. That being said, I think that you know, I, I I'm gonna go ahead and predict Bray wins now because Finn is going away for a couple months as it is just to recharge the batteries. Heard he got engaged recently, you know, so a lot of stuff going on in Finn's life. And he's just taking some time off. So it's, it's kind of the perfect way to reintroduce Bray. It's just, again, I don't want to see him take a loss in the process. Yeah. I think like at this point, like Finn versus the fiend, if the Finn was the demon coming up on Sunday night, I'd be like, I think he'd lose to the demon, but it'd be a really good match and it still wouldn't crush the fiend. But, like, if The Fiend is facing off with Finn Balor, I could see it still being a really good match, but obviously Bray Wyatt winning. Well, not obviously, but I think he would win. If that is the case, you know, Finn's going to be out for a little while, and then they would be able to build their feud until he came back, which would be still pretty good because the last time Finn was there, everyone would still be like, when was the last time we saw Finn? Oh, it's because he lost to Finn Balor, and then he comes back as the demon, you know, randomly. That could be That could be cool. Yeah, no, I, I agree for sure. And 
this is I'm I'm just I mean I'm excited for this match because I mean we could be seeing an entirely new Bray Wyatt here, not just necessarily the you know the look that he's had as far as the ring gear and introducing the mask as the fiend, but I mean new theme music, I mean maybe new finisher, new ring, you know, ring style just in general. I mean, this is this is a complete repackaging of sorts for Bray Wyatt and and I mean, again, he's he's the best thing that they've got going in WWE right now as far as, you know, being consistently entertaining on a weekly basis. Sure, Firefly Funhouse is creepy. I, I understand that. I get that. But that's why it works. Um, so it'll, it'll be really cool to see how they treat Bray going forward. Um, I don't necessarily think that this is somebody that you need to use in ring on TV every single week. Continue to use the vignettes. Um especially for storyline development. I mean, that is, that is a very easy way to keep people interested in his matches and his storylines and his feuds, um, you know, without necessarily needing to trot him out in the ring each and every single week. So I, I definitely think that Bray is somebody that can build into an attraction, um, you know, for, for this, this modern era. So I, I, I just, I hope that they don't buckle it up. Yeah. I, I really hope not either because they've kind of been not doing great by Bray. But, you know, I think this kind of fits him and he's just attacking random Hall of Famers. Uh, it's not bad. Kind of moving moving on along the card. You know, we are only three nights away from SummerSlam. This Sunday night, the 11th of August, 2019, at 7 p.m. on the WWE Network and any other format you're able to pre-show watch it. Starts at five. And, you know, we can watch it at five on pre-show on my TV in my living room, watching some good wrestling. It's going to be, I love these wrestling weekends. I, I really, you know, cherish them. I, you know, love the matches that, you know, have stipulations, they have issues, they have personal, they have, they're personal. They're so personal. And, you know, kind of touching on another, not touching, but going on to the next match, it's a very personal. It's very angry. Uh, Kevin Owens is going to lose his job if he loses to the best in the world, quote unquote, Shane McMahon. And you know, I've been watching watching their feud, and Shane is you know playing pretty good uh, dickhead right now. And I you know it's not bad. You know I know who I what I feel about the match. Uh, I was going to kind of let you kick it off. Yeah, I mean. This is one of those feuds that is kind of, for me, it's kind of just there. I, I, I've i always enjoyed Shane McMahon. Um, there's always been just something about the boy wonder that that has always appealed to me. Um, 2019 has not been great for Shane McMahon, at least in, in my my personal mm-hmm. opinion. Um, I, I, I am a little over him getting getting trotted out each and every single week, you know, building the you know, the the stable around him with Drew McIntyre and the Revival and Elias and all these guys. You know, there's a couple of other names that that so far aren't aren't on the SummerSlam card, but neither here nor there. Um I just think that right now I I, I wish I knew what the end game was for this this best in the world thing because you know, to hear it every week and to to basically have him flaunt and throw his authority around when we were told in December that we are officially the authority, you know, it just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. And, and I like that Kevin Owens is 
you know, that they're trying to turn him into this anti-hero baby face because it does work for him. Um, I just hope that they stick with it for a while because this year he started as a face when he came back, you know, kind of your average Joe everyman, and then quickly turned him heel again just so that Kofi would have somebody to to feud with at that show that must not be named, and, and he's flipped right back. So I, I think for KO's sake, I'd really like to see some continuity with whatever this, this character development is going to be. Um, but I, I think that I got to go with, with Shane McMahon taking the W here. Uh, you know, this is kind of just the, this is kind of the start of their feud. Um, so it, it wouldn't surprise me to see KO off of TV for a little while. But he does lose his job, but he still comes back. So he doesn't lose his job. That's why I was going to pick KO. Uh, unless I'm, the thing is like, you're going to have Elias, potentially Drew McIntyre, depending on what time it is during the show come out and beat on Kevin Owens so Shane McMahon can win. I mean, that just seems likely because no one's coming out to help Kevin Owens unless, you know, Sami Zayn isn't too busy with Alistair Black uh, early on. He might come help him again. They're still friends, I think. I love Sami Zayn. Yeah, and and, uh, with Sami, actually – so, yeah, before we get to Sammy, what's your prediction for this? I'm going to say that Kevin Owens wins. No, 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 no. Actually, no, no, no. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you've I already, already had one. Already you can't it. do it. You it's can't fine. do it. I said it. It's over. So, okay, we're, we're a little bit split there, but that's all right. Um, but since we were talking about Sammy Zane, um, he was supposed to have a match at SummerSlam, and they moved this up. It turned out to be uh, Sami Zayn and Aleister Black, you know, just uh, having a match on SmackDown. Um, you know, what do you think of the critic of the, of the critics since he's, you know, been back officially and kind of taken on this this new attitude? And they haven't been very fair. I mean, I feel like he's just kind of gotten short in the stick in a lot of these situations. And, you know, he's when is he really going to get serious consideration? Uh you know, for a, you know, some championship, anything, like, tag, anything, you know, 24-7, get him in there, like, get him in, get him on there. What's, uh, I'm a big Sami Zayn fan when he had to go down for a while, I was bummed. Uh, that's, you know, one of the, you know, one of the several reasons why, you know, you talk for tune in WWE TV and your favorite guys are out, and, you know, I, it's hard for me to say exactly, I mean, that's basically what I have to say, what in terms of what I think is going to happen with, Mr. Sammy and you know I'm anticipating just the kickoff show this weekend potentially for him. Yeah, I mean, I I would I would agree just because you know it, it seems like with with Sammy they they don't necessarily want to do anything all that exciting with him or give him you know opportunity at championships. I mean, I think that this this feud with Alistair if it really turns into a feud is a step in the right direction because I feel like anybody that you put in the ring with Alistair against, I mean, they're obviously going to have a barn burner classic, but Alistair is in the middle of such a huge push right now that you know that anytime he's getting in the ring, it's, it's Alistair, you know, coming out on top with, with that black mass. I mean, they're, they're really trying to, you know, push that move as a, as a one and done kind of like the RKO and, and how it can happen at any time. Um, it, it does seem a little unfair to have Sammy kind of be that first, you know, or I guess he's not necessarily the first, but to have Sammy kind of be in another pattern like that where he's kind of just cast off and, and put by the wayside. Yeah, that's you disappointing. Know? Uh, 
But, you know, I really don't have a prediction. I don't even know. Are they officially facing each other on the kickoff show? I didn't, I'm not even sure. No, no, they're, they're not. It's more just that because that was originally supposed to happen for, uh, for SummerSlam and they moved it. Not sure why. I just think that it stinks that they moved it is, is really all that I'm getting. Yeah, it does stink. And you make a good point. But in terms of uh, you know, the rest of the card, we only have well, one match or two matches, two more, two more, two matches left. You know, yeah, uh, yeah we'll we'll get this one out of the way first. Drew Gulak's taking on Oni Lorkin for the Cruiserweight Championship. Obviously, that's going to be a kickoff battle. Um, I I'm a huge Drew Gulak fan. Um, you know, so I, I think that between him and and Oni Lorkin, who's been you know been tearing it down on takeovers, you know. It, it's nice to see him get a chance to, even if it is on the kickoff show, to be a part of the main card. Um, and I, I think that this is a this is going to be a dark horse uh, match of the night as well, even though it is you know the first one that we're definitely yeah. going to see. So that's just because you know the cruiserweight division you know always continues to impress with without issue, um, and and this definitely won't be won't be any different. So uh, give me some Drew Gulak. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to side with you. You know, I have not been keeping tra- tabs on, you know, the Cruiserweight division too much. Uh, I have seen some Drew Gulak. He's immensely talented. I agree. I'm going to say that as well. Sir. Robinson. Nice. Now, the match that we've all been looking to uh, looking to discuss, it's going to be Charlotte Flair taking on the Hall of Famer, Diva of the Decade, Trish Stratus. Man, I mean, talk about a dream matchup, bro. Dream matchup, bro. I can't wait to hear all the crap and talk that she has to say to Trish Stratus. I mean, it's just like she's a Hall of Famer, and you're talking some man. It's like talking to your father, but not not your father, but like your – it's like someone that you, you – you wouldn't – like she paved the way. Charlotte, she paved the freaking way. All right, you better respect her. You better watch your mouth. I'm getting a little frustrated. I mean, even still, I I feel <laughs> like I mean, what did you think about the build to this? It match? was ah, uh, little you know, not super rush, but a little rush, but you know, still, you know, not fighting for a title for Charlotte. For like the first time, or like she, like she's always fighting for a title on a pay per view. This time, it's just you're facing the Hall of Famer Trish Stratus. You know, one of, if not the greatest, you know, women's champion in the history of WWE. Solid yeah, build. And, not and I'm totally with fine with the. Yeah, like I'm, I'm totally fine with this being a marquee matchup for Charlotte because even. Even before kind of the build of this feud, she had been kind of away from TV, you know, more or less for for a few weeks. I, I think that they were trying to make a conscious effort to to kind of shuffle who's in and who's out on a regular basis because that is you know one of the big complaints that they get. Um, but as, as far as this kind of just you know jaw jacking and and talking on on the King's Court in Memphis, I mean, you know, it it was enough to get us to this match. Um, so the story itself isn't anything really to write home about, but I, I, I just know that this is this is gonna be a great match. Mm. You know, Charlotte is is a stud in the ring. Everybody knows that. And Trish, you know, as as far as you know, retired performers who kind of come back on occasion, 
I mean, she always takes really good care of herself. So I, I don't see how this would be any different, especially because she did retire relatively young. She still got it. And we're going to, we're going to get that chant as the night goes on. And I can't wait yeah, for that. It's going to be great. Um, you know, I'm excited to see Charlotte uh, facing off someone that he's, she's never faced off against before. Uh, you know, she's taken on so many different superstars, you know, in the women's division. Uh, over the last few years, in huge pay-per-view matchups. So this is going to be definitely a fresh look at, you know, her abilities with, you know, with the stratosphere. She's going to the stratosphere. So who wins it, man? Charlotte. Yeah, I got to agree. You know, I'd love to see Trish win, but, you know, basically she's she's here to do the honors, which is – Oh, yeah. What do cool. I have written down here? Um, the uh... – uh, blah, 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 blah. We have to do that. Maybe I didn't write that down. Oh yeah, she's gonna purely just to get her over. Like she's gonna, she's gonna make Charlotte look amazing. She's gonna get her over even more than she is already over, if that's even possible. You can just say over like Rose. Hello, brother. Yes, sir. That's what I'm saying. But yeah, no, I, I, I think. I think overall we we got a we got a damn good show here, um, and I'm sure that we'll see some hijinks with the 24 seven championship. Obviously, Maria is going to be pissed too yeah, about uh, losing her title. She's not anybody right now, that's for sure. You can't can't think can't be doing that. For but sure. yeah, our summer super show and tenth part one of our episode tenth episode part one of our series of the Air Square Circle podcast. Getting we're wrapping up here. We'd like to go through and just. You know, if there are any emails, I'm guessing there's none now, no questions or anything. We have SummerSlam coming up. No, no, we not have SummerSlam coming up here in three but, nights. Uh, and we're going to do another show potentially right after TakeOver on Saturday evening. Still need to talk to Mr. Robinson about that. Potentially early Sunday morning, we'll get that. Uh, we'll get that content right out there yeah, for everybody. Yeah. Hey, and, and while I got you, you just want to run through the TakeOver card real quick. It's five more matches. Can you give me five more matches? Can I give you five more matches? Yeah, I got. You're gonna. Give I got them. I got them down here. I got them down here. Let me see here. Takeover Sunday night, which we could still potentially do a just after Takeover episode, just to kind of, just kind of react to it. You know, why not? You know, but I'm gonna start. You know, here at the top of my list here, the NXT Women's Title. We got Shayna Baszler versus Mia Kim. Uh, my winner right now is Mia Yim, bro. My winner is Baszler. Don't be misspelling. Uh, my, don't be mispronouncing my girl's name. Oh, it's fine. Unbeatable, it would seem, as of now. Over a year for a run for Shayna Baszler, and it's going to continue this Saturday night. I expect it to be a good match. You know, I've seen a little bit of Maya, Maya Kim. Mia Kim. Mia Yim. Yim. I got. Oh, my, there you I go. Thing, and we're gonna. That's just my personal opinion. That's what we're going to see. I'm just going to put that there now at this point. I'm going Mia Yim, man. I mean, she has basically been been the uh, the the lovable underdog and fan favorite since she debuted. I I love that she is tough as nails, but she's also super down to earth and just straight up real. Um, I, I think that you know the the run that Shayna Baszler has had has been great. But I think eventually we kind of need to see a changing of the guard as far as the women's division is concerned, just given the sheer depth of talent that there is. Um, 
you know, I, I think that my biggest frustration with with Shayna Baszler right now, and 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 by extension, Marina Shafir and Jessamyn Duke, is that yeah, she is basically booked as they're up here, and then there's just everybody else under them, and you know that that can only work for so long because then we get into the point of okay, are they getting called up anytime soon? You know, what's what's kind of the next step? For them, I mean, it's one thing to be the hunted, but she's been the hunted for a year, and and you know, with the exception of a, a brief Kyrie saying run, we're getting kind of a lot of the same you know endings to matches as far as tap, nap, or snap, you know. Yeah. So I, I would I would love to see, I'd love to see Mia Yim walk away with the title here. I think that she has more than earned it. You know, excellent ring general. I mean, her promos are are you know. A force to be reckoned with. I'm just, I'm all about me. Yeah, ooh, 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 ooh. Mulligan. I'm calling Mulligan. This is a separate pay per view. I can do this. Per show. No, I said pay per view. Really? Oh, Go back right. and listen to the okay. tape. We can, we can, we can talk about it. We can talk about it another I'm not going day. Going to the tape, whatever. But, <laughs> but I, I will surprise you. I'm going, I think you're going to be a little surprised on my next picks for the next three matches on the card. And I have. Well, you'll see as going on, but you'll kind of probably get the theme of it. Uh, the next match is the North American Championship triple threat match. The Velveteen Dream, Pete Dunne, and Roger Strong facing off for that championship. All three of these guys are enormously talented, and I like each one of them for different reasons. All three of them have main card, uh, you know, stigma and will be, you know, within the end of the, the new year, in my opinion. Uh, this is show stealing potential all over it, and we'll come down to the guy with one more move in him. Uh, both Dunn and Dream have had long title runs, so I believe it is time for a strong run. Yeah, I, I and the thing is, I, I think that I would have to agree here as far as the North American Championship goes. Um, Roderick Strong has has really impressed as of late. He's always been a hell of a worker, a hell of a hand, uh, you know, on the roster. But, you know, has, has been a little bit overshadowed until he, get, until he linked up with, with Undisputed Era. And I think what's awesome now is, you know, you got the potential of all four members of the era walking home with gold. Do I think that that will happen? No. We'll get to the tights and titles in a little bit. But as far as Roddy goes, it's clear that eventually – it is going to come down to a, a Adam Cole, Roderick Strong feud, whether that is, you know, somebody being kicked out of Undisputed Era, somebody being left in the dust, like uh, that remains to be seen. But I think that the only way that a rivalry like that works is if they do have the top two titles, you know, in that camp. So, yeah, no, I think that the uh, Messiah, the backbreaker, walks away with the North American Championship. I agree. Right I agree. Yeah, going into the next matches, you mentioned it earlier, just just a minute ago, tag team championship, the Street Profits versus the Undisputed Era. You know, the domination of, you know, the Cole and what Roger Strong will do. I, you know, I I I know the Street Profits are the incumbents, and I, they have been looking really good. I just think the Undisputed Era is going to win this match. See, I and I can see how you might think that. Um, I, 
I'm still going to go Street Profits, Street Profits in this match, um, even though they, they have had some runs on Raw. Um, I, I think that at this point, they it, it's nice to see guys like these get a lengthy run, um, you know, simply because, you know, Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins, I, I like that they have not necessarily been treated as stereotypes, you know, which can happen with African-American performers mm-hmm. in WWE and, and wrestling in general, uh, look at crime time. Um, I, I, I like that these guys get to be unabashedly them. They're fun loving. They're down to earth. They're just real people. And I think that they, they've, you know, there's a lot of love for them backstage. Um, and I'd like to see them have a successful title defense in Toronto, you know, coming off a takeover 25 and a hell of a ladder match. Um, and you know, I know that you know this match. This match more than likely will kick off the show. Takeover has yes. been known, you know, to have tag team matches. You know, starting the show and getting everybody, you know, excited and on a high note. This is not going to be any different, especially when you're going up against Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. Um, you know, but I, I think that I think this reign needs to continue. I think it will. So I'm gonna go street profits. Cool, cool. cool. I'm just gonna take a little break before the main show we do have Candice LeRae versus Io Shirai and I have to say I, I just know a little bit about Candice LeRae I really can't comment too much on this match uh you know if you want to if you want to touch on this match a little bit here you know through the takeover card hold my beer get his beer I got it actually I might make so, a good beer I am I am so excited for this match uh simply because this is kind of Candice's first big, big takeout or takeover take match. Excuse okay. me. Um, you know, more this year she's been doing a lot as far as the stories involving, you know, Johnny Gargano, but not really having a story of her own. And I think that, you know, it's easy to, to forget that, you know, Candice LeRae is tough as balls. Yeah. I mean, you know, having, you know, multiple time PWG tag team champion with Joey Ryan, you know, he needs that blonde girl back in his life again. Um, but to, to see her really, you know, have, have a match against somebody of your Shirai's caliber and for them to do it on stage like this, I think is, is just, I can't divine. wait to get exposed to it. And Io, Io Shirai, you know, this was a, this was a very well executed heel turn. Um, you know, you, you can tell, you know, after that cage match against Shayna that, you know, she was obviously frustrated. So it's one thing that, you know, let some fists fly at Candice and, and, you know, kind of regain your composure and apologize and move on. But that's not what happened here. You know, she got a chair and beat her ass, you know? So it's, it's cool to see this, this change in Io Shirai because, you know, when you, when you look at, you know, Io Shirai or Kyrie Sane or Asuka, you know, they're very much about the pageantry with their entrances and the color of, you know, ring gear, just very, you know, very much how they are in, Jap- in, in Japan as far as that culture and, and how they present their characters. You very rarely see, you know, somebody that's dark or brooding, which it looks like they're trying to turn, you know, Io Shirai into. And I love it. because And, and I really like it because she, you know, Io Shirai is one of these people that, you know, less is more with her. You know, she, she does all of her talking, you know, while she's fighting. Like, that, that is how she tells her stories. I think, you know, one thing that, you know, and, and tell me if you, you know, agree or disagree, I feel like when it comes to Japanese performers, you know, there, there's too much of an emphasis on trying to get them to adapt to the WWE or NXT style of, of 
you know, promo driven storytelling as opposed to actual in ring product. And, you know, they're not always adept at, you know, conveying their messages properly because they are still, you know, working on improving their English as they go. With Io Shirai, you know, after she turned, you know, turned heel and, and attacked Candace a week later, she comes out, delivers two sentences and walks out. Like, less is more. Like, that's it. You know, that's all she needs to do is is just, you know, be succinct in getting her point across and what it is that she's trying to accomplish and what she's trying to do. They're doing a great job with that, you know, and, and this is a match that, that also has match of the night potential, you know, as they all do. Um, but yeah, give me, give me some EOS. Right, I love it. That is fantastic. And I am totally going to watch the ever living heck out of that match. There is one more. And I think we're going to disagree on there this one as well for takeover on Saturday night, August 10th of WWE, whatever, starting at 8 p.m. With the NXT Championship, Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano. Potential match of the year contender. Pure hatred for one another that is fueled by egos and high-flying vicious attacks. I love this match. It's the reason I'm so excited for this weekend and for TakeOver, along with, you know, you know Sunday night. Both these guys are, you know, right now main roster ready and... You know, they're found in NXT, and that's why another reason they are the two, several of the reasons that NXT, in my opinion, is just another brand. It's not the developmental anymore. For sure. For sure. No, and, and I think that you're totally right because when I when I first heard, um, you know, two out of three falls again, I mean, obviously everybody wants to see a, a Gargano Cole rematch. Um, I, I was a little bit, I was a little hesitant. Um, you know, simply because we had already seen that, you know, in, in New York earlier this year. But I love the added wrinkle of, you know, they each get to choose a stipulation. And if it gets to the third fall, William Regal does. So, I mean, we, we know that we're going to have a, a classic match, a street fight. But what is William Regal going to do to make this match any more interesting than it already is? I mean, are we thinking louder? Are we thinking steel cage? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think that's a lot of the excitement there. Um you know, one thing that I wish NXT would have the balls to try is Hell in a Cell. But since, you know, main roster has an entire pay-per-view dedicated to it and NXT does war games, you know, it it doesn't seem likely that it will ever happen. But I just, I think that it's so, I, I think that it's so great that they have found another way to kind of keep people invested in the story. Um and the the Adam Cole, the Bay Bay Championship tour, stroke a genius. You know, I, I know that you haven't necessarily kept up with, uh, with, with uh, you know, NXT every week. But one thing I think you'll get a kick out of is that, you know, obviously we know Johnny Gargano is from, uh, from up north in Cleveland. Adam Cole uh, actually paid a visit to Cleveland uh, to Johnny Gargano's dad and his pizza shop. And not only placed an order and took some pizzas back to wrestle on Disputed Era, but left an autographed photo of Adam Cole himself holding that NXT championship tacked up in the diner on their wall of fame with everything else around John. <laughs> Brilliant. It's the little things. It's it's the little things that that are really driving this story. And uh, I, I I think if, at this point, there's nothing left to do other than make my prediction. Ugh, and it's a tough one, man. It's a tough one. Um, 
You know where I'm going. Oh, God. I, I don't know. I mean, and I need to make a decision and fast. I, I think that I think I got to go. Oh, God, I hate this. I really hate this. Uh, yeah, let's uh, – I think the Bay Bay Championship Tour continues. Give me some Adam Cole. What do you say, bud? So we apologize for the silence there. I think uh, we're running into some tech issues here, and I think that's just life telling us it's uh, it's time to wrap it up. But again, we we thank you guys for checking us out. We've got uh, got takeover this Saturday at the WWE Network eight o'clock, and uh, stick around. We're hopefully going to do a post show, do some live analysis analysis and reactions while we're you know kind of in the you know still in the emotion of it all. Obviously NXT you know puts on some of the best shows of the weekend. But, um, yeah, no, so take over SummerSlam this Sunday and, and stay tuned for our post for our, our post shows there as well. Obviously, we appreciate all you guys sticking with us. And uh, if you got any questions, comments, concerns, what have you, feel free to email us, ericsquaredcircle at gmail.com. And uh, until then, take care and later days.